the blast from our past network. Come on, God. Answer me. If years I'm asking you why, why are the innocent dead and the guilty alive? Where is justice? Where is punishment? Or have you already answered? Have you already said to the world, here is justice, here is punishment, here in me? Talking back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and this week we are talking the 1989 superhero movie, The Punisher. And with me in the sewer right now is Dean. Dean, what's up? I am. I am in the sewer, Tim. It is so dirty down here. It's really dirty in the sewer. It looks really glamorous in movies, but uh, it's really dirty. It's dirty and smelly. It's full of poo. You don't get the smell when you watch a movie. You're like, cool, the Ninja Turtles live in the sewer. That looks like a cool place to live. It stinks. It smells like shit. This was a bad idea to do a remote this week from the sewer. From yeah, you get the feel though. You really get the feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this movie, The Punisher, man, what a gritty movie. I love the grit. Tim, it's so it's gritty. gritty. It was even more gritty for me because you cannot find this movie anywhere. Ah, um, so yeah. I had to I had to watch it on YouTube, and the quality was worse than you can even imagine. I believe like, it's it. worse than a VHS tape. It was so pixelated it made it even more gritty it was the grittiest movie i've ever watched oh yeah i have the dvd um yeah that was way better all that you were missing was hd grit like dvd quality grit yeah so i couldn't see like the dirt on someone's face i could barely make out a face so it was really just dirty face like i could tell the person had dirt like a dirty face it just wasn't there was no no specific pieces of dirt on the face that i could see hmm yeah sounds no like hd grit sounds like everything was fine because that's kind of like what the dvd looks like okay cool cool yeah i don't i don't know how i think you may have seen the dvd copy it sounds like tim you honestly you need to go to the youtube everyone listening needs to go to the youtube video and needs to just scroll to some fight scenes it is just literally pixels on the screen i cannot even see a person's face <laughs> oh is it like somebody recorded uh a VHS copy off of their TV, like with a video camera and posted it and, and uploaded it through dial up. I don't know. Like it's so, it's so bad. And there was like breaks in the, in the movie to just play the song Ave Maria. And I think it was just to have something in there so that if the algorithm's searching for it to delete it, it gets like messed up somehow. Oh, nice. <laughs> would just take breaks in the middle of the movie and play Ave Maria, which Tim really fits for this movie. That song really fits. I could fits see for that, dude. I could see that. It was a nice break. This is all very interesting because I really wanted to do this movie this week. This was like a movie on my original list. Like the OG talking yeah. back list had this movie on it. It's taken us a while to get here. I own the DVD and I threw it out to you and 
you know, we were thinking, I think we both had the same thought. I, I even tried to look ahead. Where can you stream this or purchase it? Yeah. The answer is nowhere. It doesn't exist anymore. Only on YouTube and apparently a VHS rip that you watched. So interesting. Yeah. I will say, though, Tim, I, I had never seen this movie before. Okay. And it and it fucking rules. It's, it's a good movie. Uh, when this one came out, I was huge into comic books. I was reading a lot of The Punisher. I was reading a lot of Wolverine, a lot of Moon Knight, Spider-Man. So I was ready for a live-action version of a comic book. Any comic book. Just give me yeah. anything. Now, even if this isn't the best movie, I think they're doing a lot of great things for the time in the movie. And at the time, dude, did this movie ever hit for me? I was in love with this movie. Um, and the grit. It's so gritty. Totally. Yeah, I could I could definitely see you liking this movie. I I like I grew up on 80s and 90s action movies and this one is exactly that. It 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 is exactly an 80s action movie. It's it's way better than the ones I liked growing up. Honestly, I think this movie is awesome. I think it's fantastic. I know you're saying that it was good and maybe it's not the best now. I think it's the best now, Tim. <laughs> I think this movie rules. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a great movie still. Like I had yeah. a ton yeah. of fun revisiting it. Totally. Yeah, so no no issues there. Like, compared to some of the other comic book shit that was going on at the time, like, there's not much, but you've got the 77 Spider-Man movie, which is just literally a joke. If, right, yeah. If, if, if you haven't seen, like, a trailer for that or anything, check that trailer out on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Then, a year after this comes out, you get the Captain America movie, which I was so excited for. I was so right. ready for it. And that movie sucked so hard. It was almost yeah. unbelievable. And I was, dude, have you seen this movie actually? Have you seen the Captain No, Marvel? I haven't seen it. I, I was it. willing to forgive this movie just to get a superhero movie. I knew yeah. it wouldn't be that great. I knew it and I didn't care. I'm just like, oh, Captain America, this is going to be so fun. A superhero movie. This is great. I'm ready. I'm willing. And it just blew so hard. Yeah. It was so bad. Uh, those movies you're mentioning don't even exist, Tim. Those aren't even mentioned anymore. I, I forgot that those existed. They're forgotten for a reason. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But yes, yeah, so, so like this one kind of hitting at yeah. this time and them actually doing the best job I think anybody has done with a Punisher property up to this point uh yeah. i just find fascinating and i actually really like it i like i just like that that's what has happened yeah it's awesome i i feel like we're probably going to cover some more punisher movies on this podcast maybe we won't maybe we will um but if we do uh i'm really interested to to watch those because after watching this like i've seen all the other ones and i've seen them when they came out but after watching this one i'm like i think this is the best punisher movie i think this is just it right here well, I watched them all in order, like as they came out. Yeah. And yeah. I thought the other two were like horse shit compared to this. Okay. <laughs> Great. Okay. So we might not be covering them. Well, I mean, it wasn't we'll on see. my list. <laughs> I'll say yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll I'm see. not against it, but um, yeah. I, I don't know. Like this, this just got, this got the comic books. I, I don't feel like the other ones got the comic books. I feel like the other ones were movies. 
like movies about yeah. the Punisher. This is like a, a comic book movie about the comic book Punisher. And yes. they did all the things right. They hit all the comic beats. It's it's all the stuff you want to see out of a superhero movies. Uh, the other ones just seemed like they have the license to the franchise. Let's just make yeah. something. That that second guy, Thomas Jane, is that his name? Yeah. What Thomas the Jane, yeah. fuck? That guy's not a Punisher. That guy is like the, the last guy that I'd ever picture as the Punisher. He, You know what he had? He had zero grit. He ha- yeah, it's interesting. I love Thomas Jane. I think he doesn't really, you're right, he doesn't really pull off like the grit. He pulls off very well like the very sad, depressed guy, um, which doesn't really work for The Punisher. It works for other things. But yeah, uh, those you're, you're exactly right with those movies reminding, not reminding me of comic books where this one does. Like after I watched this, I went to my comic book shelf and pulled out my favorite Punisher arc and started reading it. Hell yeah. Because I just needed to. I had to. I don't feel that after those other movies. No. It just because they're just they're just movies. They're feeding you a movie. This is comic books. Yeah. I mean, Dolph Lundgren is easily the best Punisher out there. This guy, he's an absolute tank in this movie. He's a tank. Yes. I totally buy everything that he's doing in this movie. And now Dolph is a third degree black belt in karate. He was the heavyweight karate champion of Sweden, Europe, and Australia, and the captain of the Swedish national team. So take that guy and give him a machine gun, and you've got a real problem on your hands. You got a real problem. You got a real problem on your hands. I I love Brenthal, um, you know, from the Daredevil show. I think he's excellent. And from Punisher, from his own show, I think he's an excellent Punisher. I think it's Brenthal. Bur- oh, sorry, Burnthal. What did I say? Brenthal? That's yeah, it's, so it's close. Fine. To All the, the letters were there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just in the wrong Burnthal, order. yeah. So I think he's very, very good at being the Punisher. I think he actually uh, encapsulates everything I want the Punisher to be. But going into this movie, I was like, Dolph Lundgren, is he going to be a good Punisher? He's just going to be the Terminator. He's just a robot. That's all he's going to be. I'm not going to get the Punisher. I'm going to get the Terminator. I was wrong, Tim. I got the Punisher. You got the Punisher. You got the best version of the Punisher. He was fantastic. He was so good. Now, released in 1989 with a budget of $9 million, this movie only makes 500000 at the box oh, office. Oh, no. Well, here's, oh, no. I know. Oh, no. But here's the thing. It was produced by New World Pictures, which had recently been purchased, and the new owners wanted to get away from theatrical releases of movies. So they didn't release this movie in the U.S. What? Even though what? like, it did get released everywhere else in the world except what? for South Africa and Sweden. Sweden? Come on, Dolph they Lundgren. They didn't release it in Sweden? It was actually banned in Sweden for excessive violence. <laughs> okay. But Sweden, that's your boy. <laughs> it's your national yeah. treasure, Dolph Lundgren. It's the golden boy, yeah. <laughs> like, come on, you can't ban the movie. Wow. So yeah, it didn't get released in the US, which was obviously okay. the, the problem for not it not making a lot of money. No kidding. The rights to the movie would be sold to Live Entertainment, which is now Lionsgate, and they would release it on VHS and Laserdisc in the U.S. two years later in 1991, and that's where it would make uh, over $30 million. Okay, and then they just stopped there. They're like, no more money shall be made. We will not stream this thing anywhere. We will not let anybody watch it. Right. I mean, they couldn't, Tim, they could have made another five bucks from me if they really, if they just had it out there. I would buy, you know, a Blu-ray of this. I'd buy a 4K. Oh, Give me anything. For sure. 
I would buy a Blu-ray of this for sure. I really enjoyed it. I'd actually buy a VHS. If they released a VHS of it right now, I'd buy that too. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. That would probably be my preferred way of watching it is, is VHS. Yeah, yeah. Just to get that grit. Yeah, that's how they get people to still buy Blu-rays is like steelbooks and stuff. They need yeah. VHS steelbooks. I'd buy VHS steelbooks. Oh, great idea. That would rule. I'm starting to feel jealous of the way you viewed this movie. I feel like DVD <laughs> yeah. is too high quality for this one. It, it might have been, Tim. Like this, this is, I had to really pay attention. I had to squint at the screen. Sounds great. There was a moment where the, there, there was a moment where the Punisher pulled a knife out of his leg and I was like, I definitely did not see him get stabbed and I was watching closely. <laughs> it happened off screen. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's true. It happened off screen. <laughs> All right. This movie is directed by a dude named Mark Goldblatt. Now, the Punisher was the second movie that he ever directed and the last movie he ever directed. Okay. But he would go on to have great success as a film editing wizard. He worked on The Terminator, Commando, Robocop, Nightbreed, Predator 2, Starship Troopers, The Rock, wow. True Lies, Armageddon, and he would win the Academy Award for Best Film Editing for Terminator 2. I mean, bravo, dude. Well know, done. Right? He just, he directed well a movie. He re realized directing's not for him, even though yeah. this movie was just fine. And uh, he moves to editing. Cool. Music by Dennis Dreeth. And he only composed music for a couple of movies, but he orchestrated and conducted music for the likes of John Williams and Hans Zimmer. So I thought that was interesting. Great Very good. score in this movie. Very Definitely. appropriate. Very yeah. gritty. Oh, Tim. Gritty. <laughs> I think. We need a gritty count. Know. Yeah, I know. I, I'm hoping that's the last time I say gritty. I'm hoping it's not. I think everyone is. Hey, listeners. Grit to come. Who's hoping I don't say gritty anymore? Thanks for joining. Appreciate you. So I'm going to read a, a synopsis of the movie. Okay. When Frank Castle's family is murdered by criminals, he wages war on crime as a vigilante assassin known only as the Punisher. And that's it. Okay. What'd so, you think? Just in case you didn't know who the Punisher was, <laughs> here's the Punisher. That's just a definition of the Punisher. It is literally, if you, it's only helpful if you have no idea who the Punisher is. It, that's very true. That part is basically not even in the movie. <laughs> like That stuff's not even really in the movie. We pick up after all that happened. <laughs> yeah, that, that's very true. Anyways, um, hey, listeners, Great. drop Great us a line. Let, let us know what you thought of that synopsis. We yes. love hearing from you. We're, we're loving oh, uh, we engaging yes. with all the listeners. It's a lot of fun. So uh, join in. Join in the fun. All right. Now let's get to the story. Pretty cool opening credits to this movie. What did you think? Did you even notice? I noticed, Tim, the opening credits felt like they were hypnotizing me. It felt yeah. like they were trying to put me in a trance to be prepared for the movie to come. And I, I was in the trance. I mean, I, I was hypnotized. I really felt like if you put the James Bond theme to this intro, yes. it would be a good Bond opening. Totally. It totally would be. It was like, 
it was like glass shattering, like glass figures in the shape of like bad guys, and then them getting shot and shattering is exactly a James Bond opening. Yeah, there are they lots were of... probably trying to go for that, honestly. Yeah, there are lots of bright colors uh, along with like lots of black. Uh, it created like a really interesting feeling. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Now we learn from the news that crime boss Dino Moretti has just been acquitted of the charges of the murders of Frank Castle's wife and two daughters. We meet Moretti coming out of the courthouse. A news reporter asks Moretti if he's afraid of the Punisher. Moretti says, no way. And if the Punisher shows up, that the Punisher might get punished. (laughs) Yeah, I doubt it. Okay. Okay, Dino. Dino Moretti. You can't you can't use the guy's line against him. Settle he down. is literally the punisher. Yeah. You cannot deal out punishment to him. You just can't. No. Gr- nice try though. Nice try. Yeah, try okay. try something else. Pick a different word. We learn that 125 criminals have been killed by the punisher in the last 5 years. And actually from watching this movie, Dean, that doesn't seem like very much to me. I feel like he comes close to that body count over the course of a couple days in this movie. Yeah, definitely. 125 is like a good two weeks for him. I don't think he was trying yet those no. past five years. He's just finding his he groove. Just, he was just warming up. Yeah. 125 over two years? Yeah. How long does this... This movie takes place over a couple days, and I think he reaches pretty close to that. Pretty close. Oh, yeah. Pretty close. There's a scene where he knocks off like like a quarter of that. <laughs> yeah. Just in, in a few seconds. And there's a few scenes like that. Like that scene. <laughs> and there's a few of them like that. Yeah. We get the slightest glimpse of the Punisher on a motorcycle here. I liked it. You get like his boot. Yeah. His boot right on yeah. like ground level. Very cool. Uh, they don't take like too long to show you all of the Punisher. But I did like that, you know, maybe instead of seeing his face in the crowd... You just get his boot on the motorcycle near the ground. Yeah. I liked it. It's a it's a great introduction, and it's a great introduction for a character you want to be a badass. You know, like we this is obviously one of these anti-heroes, you know. We don't necessarily want to look up to this guy, but we want to think he's cool and we want to be on his side in the movie. Um, so it, it when when you have a character that's supposed to be, you know, the good guy and he's like obviously supposed to be a good guy, maybe Captain America, you show his face. You're right. You show his face in the crowd. Here, you show his boot. Because this guy is going to, we're going to keep a little mystery with him. We're not going to see his face yet. We're going to see his boot and we know he means business. I loved it. I love that kind of introduction. Yeah, me too. I like the boot, Dean, because that boot is made for walking. And that's just what it'll do. And one of these days, that boot is going to walk all over you. (laughs) I think if that... If that song was playing in the background and he like stepped on some guy's head or something like to that music, I think it would have taken some grittiness away from this movie. I was just thinking that. Yeah. There goes a lot of your grit cred in the movie. There goes a lot of the grit. (laughs) So I'm glad that that wasn't part of it. Agreed. I I, I wholeheartedly agree. Shout out to Dennis Dreeth, the guy who did music on this movie, for not putting that song in. Yes. I mean, genius. I think the whole motorcycle idea also... Uh, was new for the time because from my recollection of reading the comics back then, 
I don't remember that. I remember him being more of a stealthy assassin. Like he wouldn't use a motorcycle. Oh, he was cool. like on rooftops and sneaking around in alleys and hiding in the in the forest and the jungles and stuff like that. So I think they added that in for this movie. That's yeah, that's a good point because it kind of shows you he's right there. He's like right at this guy getting released from prison and he's on a noisy vehicle. So it just shows you just how much like confidence he has and how much he doesn't give a shit. Like he's not even going to be sneaking around. He's just right out in the open. Yeah. So the Punisher follows Moretti to his house, where we see him very quietly murder Moretti's men, then start blowing up the house, and Moretti stumbles out the front door with a knife in his back. We get a glimpse of the Punisher standing in the doorway of the fiery house. He disappears into the flames, and then the house explodes. That's a great intro. That's a great intro. You know when I know this movie's going to be great? When he comes walking out, out of the door, out of the door frame, and the reporter says, holy shit, it's the Punisher. <laughs> yeah. That's when you know it's a good movie. <laughs> I don't know why, but I like it. Uh, then Dina Camera is racing through the sewer and right up to the Punisher, who's meditating in the nude. He's remembering his family being murdered and having some very dark thoughts yeah 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 so this is such a great opening um at this point i just feel like the people who made this movie they get it like they yeah. get what i want out of a punisher movie and yeah. let's just hope it continues on for the whole movie spoiler alert it does um but the punisher he looks perfect he looks like a broken man and he looks like vengeance he does. Yeah, he does. And uh, at this point, like they're, they're doing a good job of painting the picture that um, he's a scary guy and he's potentially a bad guy um, because like we, we saw we, we saw him kill bad guys. So, you know, you're kind of on his side, but then they're, they're putting all this stuff in here that's like making you kind of question it like this part, like these dark thoughts he's having just sitting meditating in the nude. Um, it's it's a great way to just sort of let us know, like, again, this is anti-hero stuff. This isn't stuff that we're supposed to be looking up to, but this is this character we're watching right now. We're watching his story. Yeah. And the, like these bad memories he's having, these, these bad visions, yeah. it's his wife and daughters getting blown up, right? Yeah. And... That's great information for us for the movie because we want to know that. Like we want to we want to know what's behind his pain and what's behind all of this. But they only show it briefly in these flashbacks. Like you you mentioned it before. This is some of the stuff that's not even in the movie. And yeah. any other sort of superhero movie, you'd most likely get that whole scene played out in real time. Like you'd get to see like the wife picking the daughters up from school coming home you know blah 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 blah. they really build those characters up and then they get blown up this is just like fragments of his memory of that happening yeah. which is all we need or all i need at least i don't need any more of that. Sure. i just want to know what happened i don't need to emotionally connect with those characters so i really appreciated yeah. that they freed up more time in the movie for the other like more important stuff i want to see out of a punisher movie Totally. They could have wasted so much time on this origin story for this guy and we don't need it. And it also, I think watching it happen and seeing it at the beginning would would make us a little bit like, um, you know, a, a little 
a feeling for the guy. You know, we, we'd feel a little bit like um, we want that revenge as well. And I kind of like that we don't really get that. I like that we're just, we don't feel like we went through it with him. We just know that there's a guy who's really upset about it. <laughs> and that's what we're watching. I really like it. It, it kind of, this whole movie kind of reminded me of Robocop, like just like the kind of style of it. And opening on a newscast that just tells us what's going on. It just opens up on uh, this guy's getting out of prison for killing Castle's family. And there's a guy named the Punisher who killed 125 people. I like opening on that and just like, okay, this is all the info I needed from the news. And uh, yeah, and now we're going to get into it. And I, I, it was, yeah, it was a kind of a breath of fresh air to not have, not have to watch that happen, not have to watch that uh, uh, like intro to the character. Definitely. We meet... Lou Gossett Jr. here, and he's the yeah. lead detective on the Punisher case. You got a Lou Gossett line for us here, Dean? I don't have a Lou Gossett line. He's great, though. <laughs> I love he's him. He's great. Do you have one? You don't have one? I don't have one. No. You talking about some damn fish's mother? Oh, my goodness. I didn't even realize this is the <laughs> no? same guy. You didn't realize? Yeah. Tim, it was so pixelated. I was like, honestly, the entire movie, honestly, the entire movie, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? I know this guy. I know yeah. who he is. You talking about some damn fish's mother? <laughs> he plays a much different yes. role than he does in Jaws 3, but Oh dude, my it's goodness, you Louis. blew my mind, Tim. It's Louis G. I was waiting for it. You disappointed me. I was waiting for it to come yeah, out. Yeah, I of know. You. I know, Tim. I feel like I would have got it if I watched it, you know, like a, a, at least a SD version. Yeah. <laughs> was, this was not even an SD version of the movie. I should have known oh, after the yes. first minute when you didn't drop that. Oh, Tim. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped about that. Wow. So you went this whole movie not even realizing that uh, no. <laughs> it was Lou Gossett And now Jr. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I just knew I knew him. I'm like, I know his name. I know him from something. I didn't even look it up. I didn't even look up IMDb. I was just like, you know oh, what? Whatever. Man. Tim will tell me. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Wow. You had a shitty viewing experience on this one. Oh, I was just, I was really into the movie, though. It was, it was really good. But, uh, man, okay. Yes. I can't wait to lend you my DVD so you can watch this for yes. real. Anyways, yeah, he's the lead detective on the Punisher case, and his boss yes. warns him that Frank Castle is dead and should not be connected to this Punisher person because Castle used to be a police officer. So they wouldn't want this Frank Castle being connected in that way. Right, yeah. A rookie cop walks up to Detective Lou and wants to be his new partner. She says she believes Frank Castle is the Punisher, and Detective Lou agrees because nobody else believes him. Yeah. And this was kind of weird. It was like, instead of sending in an application for a job, she just like yeah. approaches him on the street and was like, I want to be your partner. That's you how know? you get a partner, right? Like, I don't you need just a partner. Go up to a cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she just kept like pushing it and pushing it. And he's like, no, 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 no. And she's like, I believe that he's the Punisher. And then he's like, mm, okay, that works. Here's the thing, Tim. Here's the thing. I agree. It is was very strange. And while I was watching it, I was like, what the hell is going on right now? Why is she just talking to him? Of course, he's just going to say no. Like, you can't just go up to him and be like, but hi, I'm person you don't know at all. Can I be your partner? <laughs> like, that's not going to work. But then as soon as she said, I believe Frank Castle's the Punisher, and that's him. He's like, okay, meet at my office. I was 
I was into it. It, it like gave me, it gave me a lot of info about him. The only thing he cares about is that Frank Castle is the Punisher. True. He wants to figure that out. So I, I kind of really dug it when it got to that point. I was confused for the whole time. But once it got to that point, I was like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm into this. Yep. Great point. Very true. Now we meet another crime boss, Gianni Franco. Not to be confused with Johnny Franco, which I thought his name was okay. until I looked it up. His name is Gianni. Ah. Gianni. It's Italian. Gianni. Gianni. Yeah, it's Italian. Yeah. Gianni. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now he's come back to town because of what the Punisher's been doing. Mm. which is essentially murdering everybody. Everybody. Everybody who's bad gets murdered. Everybody who's guilty dies. Mm, yes. The guilty must be punished. Yeah, that's his whole thing, and Tim. he is vengeance. He is vengeance, yeah. Now, Gianni, he has a big plan to put all the crime families together with $500 million in drugs that are coming to town. And that will make them stronger than ever and allow them to take out the Punisher. But the Punisher learns about the drugs from his homeless partner, who always seems to have the good info. I like this guy. This guy confuses me. Yeah? How so? Sometimes he talks in rhyme, and sometimes he... He doesn't. He seems to, yeah, always be talking in rhyme. It's just sometimes it doesn't rhyme. <laughs> well, yes, I guess. I guess I am also talking in rhyme, but sometimes <laughs> I don't rhyme. He most of the time he, rhymes. He has, there are scenes where he rhymes for multiple sentences in a row. Yeah. And then there's some scenes where he delivers like three or four sentences and he just doesn't bother rhyming at all. He's just lazy about it. Yeah. I feel like either later in the filming, they decided to make him rhyme or earlier they decided earlier, to make him yeah. rhyme and then stop because <laughs> then they it wasn't it. working. But yeah, yes. you're right. It's kind of 50, 50. That is a hundred percent true. I like, I was like, cause he didn't rhyme right away. And right. then he, the second scene, he rhymes so much. And I'm like, Oh, this guy rhymes. Yeah. And then the third scene, he didn't rhyme at all. And I was like, what's going on with this guy? I, I, I like him best as a rhymer. His rhymes are I like him are best fun. as a rhymer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how he gets all his information though. No. Yeah. I think it's just that like all the information is like on the street. Like if you just kind of like, I think that's it. If yeah. you just, if you're yeah. on the street level, you'll yeah. hear all the, all the news about what's going on. And this guy's he's exactly. homeless and he lives on the street. Yeah. So yeah. he's just naturally going to hear all the things that are going on in the crime organizations yeah. because that's what you hear on the street. Yeah. He's Tim. He's always on the street level. It's like when I was in, when I was in university and I wanted to study, but I also wanted to sleep, I would study sleeping or I'd sleep on my book and then thinking that all the knowledge would absorb in my head and it worked and this guy sleeps on the street so all the knowledge of the street he just wakes up and he's like i know where the drugs are i know where they're coming from exactly i love i love how the punisher paid him the first time or at least got his attention the first oh, that time. was the best he put a little he put a little bottle of alcohol in the bottle. back of big bottle a, a big yeah sorry a big bottle of alcohol in the back of a remote control truck yeah and he just drove it up to him. And then he got him to follow it down yeah, the alley. It was great. I love it. It was so funny. 
when when that truck pulled up to him and it had the bottle, I was like, this can't be the Punisher, right? This oh, can't yeah. be the Punisher driving this truck to him. Uh, hell yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm, who wouldn't do this? Like, if if I'm, you know, on, on a dark street and I'm that, chasing the bottle that the bottle shows up, I'm going after it, yeah. even, even when it turns down the dark alley. I'm going to get me that bottle. First of all, I mean, it's a bottle of alcohol. It's great. Second of all, it's a fun game. Yeah. Somebody obviously wants me to chase that. I, I want to play. Let's go. That's Let's right. Play. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be so, like, uptight. Just follow the yeah. fucking bottle. Follow the bottle down follow the alley. Follow the remote control like, car. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, that's what I learned from this this movie. Is it can, It's only good. It can only be good. Well, it could be bad, but, like, the worst thing that's going to happen is you get a life experience out of it. You know, life experiences yeah, are good. Yeah, yeah, true. That's true, Tim. That's very true. Unless someone kills you, then you get an end of life experience. That's right. Unless you get killed. Yeah, that's that would be the yeah. bad part. Yeah. Okay, but that's like but why? That's Who almost would do that? never going to happen. Who would do yeah, that? It's never going to happen. If they so- would. Somebody, okay, somebody who would do that isn't that fun, isn't as fun as they would put a bottle in a truck. They'd just come out and kill you. So somebody who's like already arranged this plot, they seem fun. They're fun. They just want to have fun. They're good people. It's like those people people. who like like put a quarter on a string or something like that or some like fishing line and then put it on the ground and then you reach for it and then they they pull it and then you go, you try to grab it again and they pull it a little bit further. And then, yeah. then you keep going and you realize how cheap you are because you're trying, you're chasing after a fucking quarter. Yes. See, that's and fun. If you just look, if you just look embarrassed and walk away, you get nothing out of it other than embarrassment. But if you keep following that dollar all the way to the person pulling the string, I bet you they give you it at the end. Probably. Yeah. And yeah. everybody wins at that point. Everybody wins. Just follow the bottle of alcohol on the remote control truck. I think that's the lesson that's come out of this episode we're not oh, even, yeah. i don't even think we're halfway done yet and we've already landed on the lesson of the day we already nailed it <laughs> yeah we nailed it good good for us so we head to the docks getting back um to the story dean oh yeah sorry the story we head to the docks where the drugs are coming in we see italian mobsters and they start getting killed and I think it's the Punisher doing it, but it's not. It's another yeah. gang out to steal the drugs. Now, these two gangs start fighting, and the Punisher is up on a roof watching it all go down before deciding to join the fun. So this yeah. this is the Punisher I know, like up on rooftops, like looking totally, down on yeah. people and assessing situations and scenarios. But he decides to jump on in and starts decimating people. Yeah. Um it's an it's a very impressive night for the Punisher's body count but he ends up taking a knife to the chest and falls into the water. Yes, and we we should mention that the one of the rival gangs here um that uh, started the fight uh are scuba ninjas. They are ninjas in scuba gear, which is incredible, Tim. This is another plus one for the movie. It's very badass. Yeah, and now it's making me think that with Lou Gossett Jr., Scuba Gear, we could definitely have a Punisher Jaws crossover happening that I never even thought of. That would be amazing. That would be great. 
I would watch that. I would buy it on VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, yes. 4K. And then the re-release of the Jaws quadrilogy with that movie included. Yes. And the box yes. set of the Punisher 1 and Punisher versus Jaws. Yes. And you could, Tim, you could honestly open exactly the same. Just a newscast. This shark just ate this man's family. Boom. Ooh, done. We're set up. We're ready to go. Nice. Maybe we yeah. should write that. I, yeah, we're on to something. Cut, Tim, cut that part out. We're going to write this. We're going to get to it. Do you know how to write? I don't know how I, to write. I mean, I know how to write. I don't know how to write like a movie. No. I know how to talk. I don't. I can't write, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'll handle okay I'll handle the writing duty I can talk and I have written math. before I've That's written it. before <laughs> I've written for things on the internet before but uh I have never written a script so we'll have to do some 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 investigating on that yeah some research I was too busy podcasting back in grade one when everybody else was writing so I didn't learn <laughs> right everyone learned how to learn write that. you're like I know how to talk what is I was this in the shit? corner <laughs> podcasting in the sandbox yeah yeah <laughs> uh the Punisher he goes back to the sewer and has to cauterize his wound. Now, you probably didn't realize it because of your viewing, but this looked very, very real. I'm not actually yeah. sure how they did this. Like he's got this like knife, this like red hot knife that he puts up against his stab wound. And it looks like the skin kind of might react the way that it would for real. So I'm, kind of curious as to what they did there it's a pretty decent effect for 89 yeah cool but i like that he has to do that i like that he has to cauterize his own wound because he doesn't have anybody like they show us he's just he's in the sewer he has no one he has no friends he can't get help anywhere he's just all alone yeah i like that you know that character building yeah i actually rewound on this part because i just really liked how he looked he looked um he looked so bad he was so sweaty first of all from like just i don't know having to be cut and then close it up with a hot knife he was so sweaty and he was also like his face was so like black around the eyes and it looked like he was like really he looked really sickly and uh i was just like i was just i had to rewind it because i was like this this is really good makeup or whatever it is because he's also sweating like he's also really hot so whatever it is it just looks so natural it looks like he hasn't slept in weeks um it just really looked like he was uh he he had a bad night it looked like he had a bad night oh it's nice that you picked up on those things because those were all natural so he was really sweaty in this movie that's one of the things that people said was just there were scenes where he was just covered in sweat and then he also uh sleep deprived himself to get this appearance of himself as this uh, sleep-deprived Punisher. So when he looks like he hasn't slept in a week, that's probably fairly reasonable. Like, he probably just wants to fall asleep. So knowing that, this time around, I was watching, trying to, like, focus in on how he's delivering his lines in that state. And that's what really impressed me, was that he could still deliver his lines... And you can, you can tell, like, it's not great. Like you can tell he'd rather just go to sleep, but lines (laughs) (laughs) delivered that way work for this character, right? It, it makes it believable and, and real because that's how this, that's how they want us to believe this guy is in the movie. 
So of course, if he's sleep deprived in the movie, he shouldn't be delivering lines like really crisp and clean. He should be having a bit of difficulty. He should be tired. And yeah, it's just, it's all, like you said, very natural. Another thing that's very natural in this movie is that they didn't hire stunt people. They hired martial arts people because Dolph Lundgren was a karate champion. So they hired people who could do karate and who could fight so that they could have full contact fight scenes to make them look more real than you would with stunt people. So in some of these fight scenes where it looks like, wow, that guy just took a hard knee to the stomach, that happened because these people were trained to do that and were able to take a shot. It's mostly later when uh, the Punisher fights a couple of these dudes. Um, Yeah. Those dudes were also karate champions, so they kind of like got into it in the fight scenes. Really, really great um, fighting sequences in the movie for that reason. Awesome. I I love that uh, that he's like actually sweaty in the movie because I, Tim, we've we've mentioned on the podcast. I love running scenes. I love when people run in movies. Oh Another thing I love. Why do you is keep bringing people... that up? Because I love it. Thing. I love when people run. It seems so. I weird. have weird things. Is your favorite movie like a track movie? Tim, it's when people are running when they didn't plan on running. I think that's oh, what it is. So okay. it can't be track. They're all planning and training. They are. They know about their... I love when people just have to run. I want to see how they look when they're just running for their lives or like in Bond when they just got a jog over <laughs> somewhere because they're supposed to be somewhere else. Um, love it. Love running. I love sweating. I love in movies when people are sweating and I think they're actually sweating. It's one. It's just another one of those things where that's why I rewound on this part. I was like, I think he's actually sweating. <laughs> and so I had to watch it. What the hell? Know, man. What the hell? I don't know, man. These are the things I like. This is why I like every movie, Tim, because a guy can sweat on a movie and I'm like, fucking awesome. Five stars. <laughs> okay. Well, I know why Alien is your number one movie. There's a lot of sweat going on in it's that movie. It's so sweaty. It's one of the sweatiest movies there it's is. It's a very it's, sweaty movie. It's very yeah. sweaty. Yeah. Um, sorry, one more thing before we move sure. on. Um, the the delivery of his lines also is perfect because this character is not just vengeance. He's not just vengeance like Batman, but he has this survivor's guilt. And that's the way he's right. delivering his lines. Like he doesn't even want to be there. That is the way this character is in this movie. And yeah. something I love about him. He is upset and mad at the world that he lived and everybody else is dead. He doesn't even want to be around. But he also is like, if I am around, I guess I'll just kill everybody. So I, I just, I love the way he's delivering his lines in this movie. Yep. I 100% buy into the fact that he does not care whether he lives or dies in this movie. He will punish until all the punishing is done or until he's dead. And that's what they want us to believe. And they make it so believable that I buy it. It's great. Totally. Yeah. And he doesn't even care if he kills the person that's in front of him. Like he will because he's, he's like, I'm on the planet. So I guess I'll kill that person. But if they kill me and I don't kill them, he's not going to be like sad about it. He's just like, whatever. (laughs) They, They killed me. They really pay that off great at the ending. Yeah. So Gianni Franco is in a meeting with the mob families, showing them who they were robbed by. And that would be the Yakuza Dean, who actually interrupt their meeting. And a lady Tanaka and her associates walk in. 
I thought that was really cool that he's just like, yeah. this is what we're up against. And he, uh, he was like, this is not going to be easy. We are up against a very serious group here. Uh, you know, we need to, you know, sharpen our knives and, you know, figure this out. And then they just yeah. walk into their headquarters. Yeah, they're there. They're yeah, because right they just walk in. I love that. That was yeah. great. Yeah. A nice uh, show of strength right there. For sure. Yeah, Lady Tanaka tells Franco he's weak and the Yakuza are not. And that they could take Franco out, but they don't want to. They want to work together. Unfortunately, the deal they offer is a 75-25 split for the Yakuza. So that's not going to work. But very cool scene here where we see the Punisher in the sewer listening in because he has that office bugged. Yeah, cool. Very cool. Yeah. I like that for him because he would. He would have that bugged. But you for know, sure. but we, you know, we don't need to see how we did it. Him bugging it. I don't yeah, care about don't that. Care. It's great. How do you think he killed 125 people? He must have done some bugging. Yeah. So Franco and the others decide not to accept the offer, but the Yakuza have a backup plan to ensure Franco and the others will comply, and that is by kidnapping their children. Yeah. The Punisher catches wind of that and now feels like he has to get involved. So before that, he was willing to let the Italians and the Yakuza go to war and just kill each other. Right, but yeah. But his yeah. homeless buddy says that this is the Punisher's fault. He says by hitting the mob bosses and their families for five years has weakened them so much that they're open to this sort of attack. So yeah, the Yakuza kidnap the children. Gianni, Franco, knows they're outmatched and thinks their only hope lies with the Punisher. Yeah. Pretty good, pretty good scene ca capturing all the children too, um, because it just kind of, is kind of like a uh, a montage of like taking of the of the different uh, groups of children and how they got each each child in each situation. And uh, one of them is just Tim. One of them is just amazing, where there is a woman with a talking stuffed panda on her lap, and they just blow away that stuffed panda. Oh yeah. Yeah, At along first, with the I'm woman. Seeing, I'm looking at this panda and I'm like, what the hell is this thing? This is a talking panda. This is so creepy. And they just bust in the room, blow away the talking panda, steal the kids. That's just how rich they are, Dean, that they can afford a yeah. talking stuffed panda. That's actually, yeah, that must be what it is. I've never seen that toy before in my life. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. We get a really great scene here where the Punisher hits a club run by the Yakuza, telling them... Every day the children are still hostages, it will cost them money. And he shoots the living shit out of the casino. Yeah. Um, I would touch on right now the fact that the movie is doing an excellent job at portraying a very violent Punisher. Oh, yeah. Uh, for sure. This is one of the reasons the movie works for me is because the Punisher is a very violent comic book character. And they are definitely getting that across in this movie. Yeah, totally. He's he's uh he's a knife guy in this movie. He likes his knives. Is he like that in the comics, Tim? I'm not like I, I know a bit about the Punisher, but I might not know as much as you. Do you remember him being like a knife guy? Um 
Not so much. Because I, I don't really. I yeah. think the knife thing was another thing the director threw in as like, yeah. I want to kind of put my stamp on this. Same as the motorcycle. Um, right. Another thing that we haven't talked about that the director put in, which was uh, an awful thing, was that he got rid of the skull emblem yeah. on the Punisher. That sucks. That doesn't exist yeah. in this movie. And again, that was one of the things he said, I want to kind of try something new, something different th with this character. That was one thing that he um, came to regret, saying that he should have done that. That's yeah. you need that. You, I definitely that's the one thing this movie is missing for me is just the white skull on his chest. Just put it on him. Why? Do, why is that the thing you need to change? That's like his identity. It's, Don't change yeah, it's that. It's so dang easy. It's so easy to put it on. It's not like you have a whole costume that your character has to be in. You just need a skull on the chest, even if you don't want to put it on the chest. Just like put it on his helmet or something. Like, I don't know, just like do something. If he's if he's on the motorcycle and he's wearing a helmet, put it on his helmet or put it on the back of his bike. Like, just give it to us in some way. But yeah, I'm with you. I was just really wanted him to have a shirt underneath. Like he was always wearing that jacket. I, I wanted him to have a shirt underneath that that had the skull on it. Yeah, so they did put it on something. You probably couldn't oh. see, but it was on the... <laughs> it, was it was on the knives. The knives had a, a oh. skull on the very end of it. But it's so okay. Yeah, subtle. but that was more of like a yeah, and it was more of like a skull. Like it was not like the Punisher skull. It was like it was just like a skull. Yeah, yeah. That's what they tried to do. That didn't work. I don't mind the motorcycle. I don't mind the knives. But don't get rid of the Punisher logo. Yeah, that yeah. that just that's the first thing that has to be there. Yeah. Yeah, for me, the addition of the knives did make it more gruesome. Like, I know, like, obviously a gun and is more violent than a knife, but the knife is more, like, up close and personal. And so I, when he used that, he used that a lot in the movie. Yeah. Um, when he used that, I, I definitely felt that violence. Mm hmm So we slowly start to learn that Detective Lou might be looking for the Punisher for other reasons than to arrest him. It looks like they might mm. have been friends. Yes. And this is the heart aspect of the movie that these two guys have a friendship. And it's just enough heart for me. It's just enough. I like that there's a little bit of heart and this is it. It's a very small amount. It's a, it's the minimum. It's the it's, minimum amount it's and it's just it is enough for, for this, this movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect for the movie. Yeah. So the Punisher shows up where the kids are being held which is an abandoned carnival, which is a great setting. Man, yep. this is, I don't know, this is really, really eerie for me. An abandoned carnival? There's something yeah. about a place that should have thousands of people at it all the time being empty. Like, it feels like a ghost town and something is off. Totally. And yeah. it shouldn't be that way. It gives me an odd feeling. And yeah, I'm always uncomfortable seeing stuff like this, but... Yeah, totally. um, he shows up in his motorcycle and is giving me all sorts of anxiety because it's way too loud. Everyone's going to know he's there. This is this, the, the, the Punisher should have like stealthed this one. Right. Yeah. Not just like <laughs> he just blasts through the um, carnival in his motorcycle, which is there's no one else there but him and his motorcycle. Yeah. He never wakes up and chooses stealth. <laughs> he just always wakes up and chooses motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that it didn't really matter 
because this was just a setup anyways. Um, yeah. And the Punisher gets captured by Lady Tanaka's number one gal, who is really cool. I really like her. She is awesome. She's so good. I, I love that, like, the the number one criminal in, in this movie is just this badass mob leader. And and her her number one like assassin, her her number one is just this also this badass woman who like is so good at fighting and and like I I knew I could tell like she's masked up when they're fighting the first time and I could I, I kind of knew it was her like yeah. I could kind of tell it was her um and she's like kicking his ass she's kicking the Punisher's ass and yeah. we've already seen him just like decimate so many people so it was it was awesome when they did do the reveal and it was her the whole time it was so cool I, I really love these this one two of the uh the Yakuza here yeah I I really like the Yakuza it's it's like you said the one two with uh, the two women, and then the yeah. the uh, three four are two just like menacing looking dudes wearing suits. Totally like yeah, monsters. Totally. They look like just gigantic yeah. dudes you would never want to mess with. But they're they're the they're the three four. That's what's great about it. Yeah, it's awesome. And like, let's just talk about like plot in this movie. The Punisher is getting involved in. Just warring gangs who one gang, like one has decided to kidnap the other one's kids. And he's like, ah, nope, kids, I guess I'll get involved. I just think that's a really, uh, I think it's a really good idea. Like it's not straightforward. It's kind of out of left field, which is what makes these types of movies good. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. It is out of left field because that's not what you'd expect the plot of this movie to be. But at the same yeah. time, it does make sense. It's cohesive because his two daughters got killed. So, of course, he has totally. a soft spot yeah. for children, right? Yeah. So they've captured the Punisher. They tie him up and his homeless informant, who they've captured, they tie them both up Shoot. to a rack and start stretching them out, trying to get info. They're torturing them. Uh, the Punisher, yeah. he escapes, and he turns the interrogation against the Yakuza. And he gets right. information about where the kidnapped kids are. I mean, I would expect nothing less from the Punisher. Yes, for sure. From from a movie that is, you know, rated R, it's had lots of violence, lots of language. You know, it's, ha it's had it all. I wanted a better torture of him here. I didn't feel very afraid when he was getting stretched. I'm sure getting stretched is very painful, but it just doesn't come across in this moment to me. I wanted something more, like take a knife to his stomach, you know, something a little bit more um, scary for me. So I feel like, oh, there's no way, you know, he's in big trouble here. I knew he was going to get out uh, and he did. He did. He got out. Well, Dean, that's because you were watching this movie for the first time in 2022 when being <laughs> stretched over a rack isn't a problem anymore. It's not a problem. But I'll we have you stretched. know back in 1989, People were afraid of the rack. It was what everybody oh, was really? afraid of. Uh, oh, we shit. all couldn't sleep because of being put on the rack. Oh, geez, Tim, I'm I used to be five five and I'm five ten now because I used <laughs> one of those racks. Like those <laughs> those things just stretch you out now. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it seems like a bad thing. I wouldn't want to be stretched like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. You know what my least favorite is is when they do the the stretching of people. I can't remember what movie it's in, but they uh, tie up horses. There's four horses, one Ooh, tied to yeah. each limb, and then they just set the horses running. 
I don't know what yeah, the somehow movie that was. seems way worse. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Was that that's not Gladiator, is it? I don't know. No, I don't know what that hey, movie someone is. Someone drop but... us a line if you know what the hell yeah. I'm talking about. That seems way worse. That would that would make me worried. I would just wasn't worried. Yeah, sure. Sure. It, it is the Punisher. You don't need to worry about him. He's going to get free. Yeah, the most worried I was is is when uh, the, the leader of the Yakuza was running her long fingernail down his stomach. I was like, oh, no, she might cut his stomach open. That's when I was really right. worried. Right. I guess where you get worried in this scene is that they're torturing the Punisher and he gives up nothing. He's not giving up any information. He's just yeah. like, you know, this is the best you've got. But they start torturing his buddy, his homeless buddy, yeah. who is really in a lot of pain. And that's when he's like, okay, I'll talk, but actually escapes, um, you know? Yeah. So I, I kind of like that, that that's probably the reason for having his buddy there. Like for sure. plot yeah. wise, why do they have his buddy there? This is probably why. Yeah, totally. Now the Punisher needs a vehicle large enough to rescue all the kids. So he steals a city bus. I liked it. I just thought there was something really funny about him stealing a city bus. It's great. <laughs> but he goes in, he rescues the kids, he gets them into the bus, and he takes off. Unfortunately, Tommy and Kathy are still stuck inside. But the Punisher delivers the kids to the police and is taken into custody. So Detective Lou, who we just saw searching the sewers for Frank finally gets to talk to Frank in the jail. Yeah. Detective Lou calls him out on the 125 murders in five years because Detective Lou knows him as Frank. Right? Yeah. He sees him as Frank, the family man. And how could Frank do this? How could Frank be murdering people like this? It's not the Frank yeah. that he knows. How do you kill 125 people in five years? Frank calls it a work in progress. And that's that, a great line. That <laughs> very much upsets Lou. He gets very yes. upset. Like gets He's right so in his mad. face and screams at him and then just storms out of the cell. Yeah, he didn't appreciate the line as much as I did. I yeah. had a little chuckle yeah. at that line. Oh, so I did it was I. pretty it was good. It's a great line. He did not appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, at this point all, you know, the Punisher wants to do is go to sleep. And yeah. Lou is like Definitely. just keeping keeping him up. Yeah. Frank Castle is taken to court, accused of 125 murders, but on the way, crime boss Franco breaks him out, needing the Punisher to help him rescue his son, Tommy. So Fun. one of the kids left behind was Gianni Franco's son. Yeah. Franco tells the Punisher what happened to his family wasn't supposed to happen, and he'd take it back if he could. He says he'd give him anything he wants if he'll help him get Tommy back. The Punisher isn't interested in anything until Franco pulls Detective Lou out of the closet and says he'll trade Lou's life for Tommy's life. So the Punisher has to agree with the caveat that once it's all over, he's going to come back and kill Gianni. Right. I, I love that trope. That's always something. Yeah. It's like, you know, if I get out of this, I'm going to come back and kill you. I love it. And then the, <laughs> the bad guy always laughs. He's like, good luck getting out of it. You know, good luck finding yeah. me again. 
Exactly. I love it. That's why I love it, because it's two guys who are just like so cocky. They're just both like standing there like, oh, yeah, well, I'm not going to help you. And then he brings out the guy and he's like, well, now you're going to help me. And True. he's like, OK, but when I help you, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good luck finding me. You know, yeah. It's just this back and <laughs> forth about these two macho guys. It's so it's always it's always enjoyable. It's an enjoyable trope. Yeah, definitely. Now, I found something so cool and pleasing in the movie after seeing the Punisher who's been living in the sewers now making his way to the 41st floor of the Yakuza headquarters. So his home in the sewer is dark. It's dirty. It's wet. And now he's at this beautiful, stark white, clean, very expensive looking penthouse. It really made me feel in this movie, like he was climbing the ranks of villain and got all the way to the top. And it really, for me, it really added to the intensity of this final scene, knowing that like, he's not just dealing with like street thugs anymore or, or like common criminals. He's at the top of an organization here. And I like that, that they took us all the way to the 41st floor, the top of this building to show us that. Totally. This is going to be a better class of criminal up here. Um, and then we should expect that. And it is what we get. So, yeah, I like that. I like that uh, that visual. So the elevator door opens on floor 41. The Punisher and Franco step out. And together they gun down a room full of people. Like at least 20 people. At least, yeah. This was very like deadly class-ish for me. Just a scene, yeah. like, just when everything is said and done, there's a floor full of dead bodies, and I'm sitting yeah. there trying to count them all up. There's so many of them. It's <laughs> yeah, like, holy, totally. how, many, yeah. how many dead bodies? What the hell? How many did they just kill? Yeah. So the lights also go out here, which was really awesome because it's like red emergency lighting turns on, and now yeah. this whole kind of, like, next portion of this scene is all in just red is really weird i don't i don't even think that at this time i had seen anything like this before like a scene just shot in full red yeah it's very cool it's it's not like it's basically turning out the lights except we can see you know, because if you if you turn out the lights, it doesn't really make sense how we would be able to see the action, but they wouldn't. Um, so it does these emergency lights things uh, where everything's in this red hue. It looks really cool. Um, a red hue is really uh, it's really good for like um, it, it just kind of gets like the adrenaline going, at least in me, the the person watching. Anytime the, the hue is just changed to red, I kind of get into it a bit more and, you know, a heart races a bit. And so it's good yeah. for the action scenes right here at the end. Definitely. Yeah. It really fit. Yeah. It was really. It's uh, perfect. It's great. Yeah. It was really agitating. Like you, you wanted the lights to be exactly. on. The fact that it gets a bit darker, you just, you're more worried about what's going to happen. Yeah. So the Punisher encounters Lady Tanaka's two dude thugs here, the karate champs, and the Punisher has to fight them both. He fights them one after another. Really yeah. great fight scene. And the Punisher, with a little bit of luck, is able to beat these two dudes, but he beats them. Yeah. But really good fight scene. This was this was really good. I really enjoyed it. He, they're throwing real blows in this one. Yeah, it's nice to have this kind of hand-to-hand combat in a movie that's been a lot about guns, a lot about knives. 
Um, it's cool to see the Punisher in a hand-to-hand combat, especially because it's Dolph Lundgren, you know, like we know him from Rocky Four. We know he him as the fighter. So it's nice to see him actually in a, in a close combat scene uh, delivering those blows. Mm-hmm. Franco finds Tommy with Lady Tanaka. And at the same moment, I love this, the Punisher comes crashing through a wall and tackles Lady Tanaka's number one girl. Yeah, it's great. It just out of nowhere. It was so it was so good. It's, it's so, so good. Well I love the crash. Yeah, I love this crashing through walls stuff. They yeah, did it a couple times they where they just like busted through the wall. It was really good. It was uh, I, it, it surprised me each time. Yeah, so they have a real decent fight scene, but the Punisher won't be denied. Um, I love the fight. I also love the music that they're using I- in this penthouse. Like they've kind of shifted yeah. the music here. Uh, really, really liked it. Um, but uh, the number one girl, she's she's done, unfortunately. she. I think uh, the Punisher's too big. He's too big. Yeah, she put up a great fight. She was in the lead of the fight for she was. most of the time. This is where the Punisher got stabbed in the leg, and I didn't even know when it happened. So she's she's that fast that I didn't even see it happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he comes out as the winner. Um, something that's happening simultaneously, which I love, absolutely love, was that Lou Gossett Jr.'s character, the detective, is getting out on his own. True. He doesn't need to be saved. He's getting out on his own, and it's so cool. I love that he's able... It didn't even matter. Like, yeah, okay, you you got captured, but you got out. Like, he, he outsmarted these um these these thugs that were watching him and there is something in this movie tim that is on par with point break utah get me to <laughs> yeah and it is it is when one of the thugs lou gossett jr has freed himself and then one of the thugs comes in the room with a pizza and he says pizza's here and he's so happy and lou gossett jr smashes it into his face <laughs> punches him in the stomach and keeps on going I loved pizzas here, Tim. That guy is so happy. He brought the pizza. It's a pizza party. He did. But he got pizza in the face. I'll tell you what, Dean. Uh, Lou Gossett did hit him in the face, but he didn't keep going. He took a piece of pizza and started eating it. That's right. So he put it in <laughs> his right. mouth and walked away with it in his mouth. Just yes. a piece sticking out of his mouth. It was Oh, I love that. That was so great. It was amazing. I did. I did yell out loud. He put a piece in his mouth. He, it was he ate a piece. Fantastic. He had a piece. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, Lady Tanaka puts Franco to the test here. He tells him to put his own gun in his mouth and pull the trigger if he wants Tommy to live. Now, this was a very intense scene to watch because Franco is slowly doing it, you know, as you would because, you know, like for the love of your son, he's just like, you can tell he doesn't want to do it, but he has to do it. It was very good. He's about to pull the trigger when the Punisher crashes through another wall. <laughs> yeah, That's how he makes again. his room entrance is it's through the wall. Yeah, he, just, he throws yeah. a knife <laughs> into Tanaka's head and, and she is dead. Yes. 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 So we like this scene so well paced because I know he's going to show up like in the back of my head. I know he's got to show up here, but the whole time the scene's happening and the gun is slowly going in Franco's mouth and he's slowly getting yeah. ready to pull it. I'm like, or is he coming? Like maybe, maybe he will shoot himself here. That would be dark. But I now I'm not sure. Now I could see it happen. So it's yeah. just paced really well. And then he comes in, 
Jack Burton, sir. You know, right in between, right in the forehead. Totally. Knives are right in the forehead. It's, it's all, all in the, the reflexes. reflexes. Hey. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I didn't think about that. Now, the Punisher, he's down on the ground. He's just fought, like, all these different people. He He's beat up. He's definitely taken oh, his yeah. injuries. He's barely able to stand up. And Franco sees his chance here to take out the Punisher. He's about to kill the Punisher when Tommy comes running in, which distracts Franco, giving the Punisher a chance to fight back. And the Punisher kills Franco right in front of Tommy. In one of those, um, like, we're not sure which one of them got shot. Like, there was a gun, and right. they're both, like, <laughs> hugging each other. That we don't know which one the, the gun shot. Uh, but we always know it's, not a huge... it's always the bad guy. If you're ever wondering, it's always the bad guy. It's always the bad guy. I'm not a huge fan of this. I, it <laughs> happens in so many movies. It's You're right. It is always the bad guy that gets shot. I'm not a huge fan of the struggle and then the gunshot, yeah. and we're not sure who got shot. The first time always you see guy. it, it's great. And then every time after yeah. that, it's just like, just tell us who's dead. Like, I know. I, I know what's happening before. here. It's obviously the bad guy. Yeah. Now, I like this. Tommy picks up the gun. He turns it on the Punisher, but is having trouble pulling the trigger. And I love that the Punisher walks over towards Tommy and gets down on his knees. He grabs the gun that Tommy's holding, and he puts the barrel against his head, his own head. He puts it against the Punisher's yeah. head and says, do it. And this is like I mentioned before. I completely buy into the fact here that the Punisher doesn't care if he lives or dies. He doesn't care yeah. if Tommy pulls the trigger or not. Um, he's got this reckless abandon that this character needs. But I think what he's saying here is like, look, I don't care if you kill me or not, but if you don't kill me, then don't go down the path that your father did or else I will be coming to kill you. If you want yeah. to kill me, go ahead and do it. Yeah. I, I like it. I like that he, you know, puts the gun to his head. Um, I would like, honestly, I mean, it's pretty dark. The movie's pretty dark, but I want Tommy to pull the trigger. I wouldn't I, mind be, that, because, yeah. Because he just killed Tommy's father in front of him. And so for him to just create another Punisher in this moment, I think would have been really cool for the movie because like we're not on the, we're not on Frank's, like we're on Frank's side because that's who we're kind of, the movie's about and who we're cheering for, but we know he's not supposed to be doing these things. So I would like this consequence to come out of it, that he created another monster out of it and Tommy shoots him and Tommy becomes, you know, that type of person, becomes a mm. bad person because of what he witnessed. Wow. I never considered that. I really like that call. That would have been really good. Um, yeah, I, I think they do just enough in the movie for us to know that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, because they just, they in small ways, they, I guess there's already been conversations with the Punisher and Tommy uh, earlier when, when the whole children breakout happened. And... Yeah. I think Tommy knows his dad is a bad guy. And even there yeah. was a conversation with some other kids that we didn't talk about, but the kids are like, you know, your dad's an asshole. He murders people. Tommy didn't know yeah. that. So I think by the end, Tommy realizes his dad was a real, real asshole. 
and he doesn't want to go down that route. He's more innocent than that. But if they didn't give us that stuff in the movie, if this was just like a shocker moment for Tommy, where he's like, you just killed my dad. I would have loved to have seen that happen. That would have been, yeah. that would have been great. I would have been just fine with that. But uh, yeah, that's a, that's a cool idea. I like that. Yeah. It's something I feel like could have only been in a movie from like a Marvel movie from 1989. That's rated R. You know, I feel like they couldn't do that type of thing now because you have to mess with like Canon too much or whatever it is. But I, I, I thought that it, I thought it might happen. I'm with you though, that the movie kind of uh, directs you in the way that it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I was fine either way with whatever was going to go down in this last scene. And that's, that's a good movie. If you're set up to the last sort of decision of that someone has to make and you're fine with either way. I think they did a good job of showing us, um, the dad with the gun in his mouth and we yeah. all thought he was going to pull the trigger at that point. So we don't get yeah, that. True. Yeah. So the next scene we get is Tommy with the gun to the Punisher's head. So we think that's going to be where the, the gun gets pulled. That doesn't totally. happen either. So while yeah. while it's all fine, um, I agree. Like any of those guns being pulled, you know, would have worked in the movie, I think. Yeah, yeah. So Detective Lou shows up. He's a little bit too late. He follows a blood trail of uh, the Punishers up to the roof. He looks out on the city he screams out for Frank, who we then see once again in the sewer, meditating naked, and in his head he says, he'll be out there waiting, watching. The guilty will be punished. And the end. He didn't learn a single thing, Tim. He wasn't in this for a learning adventure. I love it. I love that he wasn't in this to learn. I love that his family got killed and he has just decided that he doesn't really want to live. But as long as he lives, whatever, he'll take vengeance and there's no lessons for him to learn. His old partner couldn't talk him into the way like back out of the hole. He's in this hole and he's stuck in this hole. And after killing all those people, there's no way out of this hole. This is his life now. And we know that, and he knows that. And it's a, it's a great ending for me, that we end on him not being redeemed. He's not redeemed. He's the same as when he started. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I love this movie. It's a lot of fun. This whole, like, part right at the end where Detective Lou, Lou Gossett Jr., he heads up to the roof. He, he just, he wants to, like, bring Frank back so bad. He wants to help him so bad. He goes up to the yeah. roof and he just screams out for Frank. He's on the he's on a rooftop. There was nobody around, but he's screaming out to the city. There was something really impactful about that scene that has always stuck with me. I don't know what yeah. it was. I think it was like that they were kind of building this friendship between the two. And in in other movies, maybe Detective Lou helps out Frank. Maybe he helps him out, helps him turn his life around, but that's not this movie. That's not what they're going for. So Detective Lou, he basically goes this whole movie and fails. And it's like this, this scream at the end where he's just like, it's almost like I want to help you. Like I, I need to yeah. help you. It's almost like he's just screaming in, in his own pain. Like I, I, I just, he's like, almost like, I'm sorry. I'm trying to help, but I can't. 
Yeah. There's something about that moment. It's a really small moment in the movie, but if this movie didn't have him on the rooftop screaming like that, it would definitely not be as good as I think it is. Yeah, totally. You're you're 100 percent right. Um, yeah, that it, it's a great moment at the end. It's a great way to end um, that character too. To to end like Detective Lou here. It's it's a great way for his send off. Is he's still in pain because his partner is still out there doing his thing. Well, they left it at a great cliffhanger for a sequel. Unfortunately, that never came, but that's fine. It's a great movie, great standalone movie. So, um, it's really good. Hey, everybody, if you want to catch some additional content from us, we have a Patreon page. You can check that out. It's uh, patreon.com slash talkingbackpodcast. And Dean, thanks for joining. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. Thanks for listening to the episode, everybody. We wanted to let you know, if you'd like to show your support for Talking Back, then please check out our Patreon page, where you can join one of our membership tiers and unlock bonus episodes and more each and every month. Or you can check out our page at buymeacoffee.com slash talkingback, where you can make a one-time donation of any amount, or feel free to leave a positive review for us on iTunes. All three options are great ways to show your support for the show. That's it. We're done.